0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Audition, side job, swimming upstream. Believe it or not, you're living the dream.
1: Hey folks, Rory O'Malley here. Welcome to Living the Dream. We have a show, everyone. We have a show up and running in San Francisco. We're still in previews. We will open later this week, but my God, we have a show and it's so thrilling and wonderful and the audiences are great. San Francisco is amazing. We're all so happy to be here and clearly the audiences of San Francisco are as well. So things are going great. Uh, I had this really wonderful moment where I fell in love with my cast. We went out after the show on uh, last Sunday And we all went to this bar and the bar started playing the cast recording of Hamilton because we were all there. Now, (laughs) if you have been in a show for a really long time and somebody does that, that would be like your cue to leave. You say, okay, thank you. You know, don't play the, the thing that you listen to all day long. This cast though, because... They are so excited to be in the show because they are in love with that cast recording of the original Broadway company that, that they made because they are so young and enthusiastic. They proceeded to sing along and dance and do all the choreography in the bar. And I loved it so so much. Um, I'm usually the most <laughs> uh, positive, grateful, annoying person in the group but my god these these guys are just they are outdoing even me and I am so excited that I get to spend a whole year working on this show with them because they are so pumped they are so thrilled and getting to watch them perform with the cast recording after we just performed it (laughs) for an audience it, it it reminded me of why I fell in love with theater and and the the time that I fell in love with theater when I was in high school and grade school and when I would go watch the the, the VHS copy of the play that we just did at the cast party or listen to the professional recording of it. And I'm not taking away from the fact that the, the people in this company are incredibly talented and so professional. I'm not trying to say that they're high school students. I'm trying to say that they have the same kind of love and enthusiasm for this show as people would in high school and that's a beautiful wonderful thing um so yeah it's gonna be a good good tour good time and uh you can really feel that enthusiasm and electricity coming off the stage um it's exciting it's exciting if you get a chance to come see this company please uh please do we're having a good time and I am continuing with the podcast as much as I can. I think I'm really going to give it a good push after we get through this opening. Um, it's been, It hasn't been easy, but I'm so excited about this interview with a good friend of mine, Seth Gable, who I've known since my freshman year of college, because he grew up with my dorm roommate, Josh Gad. He's an amazing guy. He grew up in Florida. He's He lived in New York. He went to NYU and he's been living in Los Angeles for years now. He's married to Bryce Dallas Howard, another phenomenal actress. Has two kids. I am really amazed at how the two of them have handled their very successful careers and juggled parenthood and all of that comes along with it. Um, it was a really interesting conversation. He's in a different circle, different realm of the business than I am. And and that's what made this conversation even that much more interesting to me. You probably know him from shows like Fringe, Salem, which he just did three, three seasons of. Uh, recently he was on American Horror Story. He has been in a bunch of movies as well. He is a great guy and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Seth Gable. Good. Um hi Seth. Hi, we're recording. Rory. We're up. We're in your lovely home.
0: This is so surreal. I is mean it? like life just gets more and more surreal.
1: Yeah. It does on so many different levels, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the more I go through it, the more I feel like this is all a strange illusion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially what we do like it makes you feel like oh this isn't
0: and it desensitizes you. Like when yeah. you, when you are on a set a lot or even in a play, like when you play pretend all the time, yeah. you start to notice how real life is pretend. Yeah. You know, I've
1: real, I've noticing what is going on politically. Mm-hmm. You start to, and just, I, this is how it's been for a while, but how you realize there's an entertainment reality, I mean, reality TV mm-hmm. aspect to everything that people are consuming their news and information in a way that is about entertainment about staying staying entertained as much as they are informed
0: yeah and that's kind of interesting about alternative facts because it's like the truth really is relative like there can be alternative facts if someone believes them you know which is so sad like i've been like there's been a lot of trump developments recently as we know and uh and I'll go to Fox News. And this could just be see... this could be
1: any day of the last like, I know. year. So like, yes, there's been lots of developments.
0: <laughs> you can listen to this on any day. day and this would be relevant. <laughs> um But you go to Fox News and if they don't if they aren't reporting this big blow up with Russia and everything, it's almost as if it doesn't exist. And in their minds it doesn't exist. Those people who only choose to listen to that news outlet. Right. And so yeah, there is some strange thing to reality only being defined by like what you choose to expose yourself to right yeah yeah I mean what what which I feel like has something to do with what the your work story that we do at. yeah no and, it, it does and isn't it cool that like like the job that we do um is so fun because I lost my train of thought let's see <laughs>
1: It's fine. That's what I do most on this podcast is lose my train of thought. And that's when you find the next. I have thing. shingles right now. audience. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to discuss the shingles. What were you going to say? I've got shingles. So much fun.
0: Yeah. So it makes my brain go in and out as my nerves <laughs> pulsate with strange viral juices. Um, yeah. What was I saying?
1: Well, you were saying that there's this like that things keep getting weirder and yeah. that and that it's. It's difficult for us, or even more strange for us, because we're on sets, because we're doing yeah. a place, because that we make believe for a living, yeah. and and things things are surreal. It feels like we're watching a season of House of Cards, uh-huh. and you know, I tr- I don't I don't try not to talk about politics on yeah. this podcast, but I do have like a specific reason why I'm doing the podcast. So what is that it,
0: reason? Oh, good. Exactly. <laughs> stop me! Stop me! My
1: tracks from getting to where I don't want to do in the podcast. Um, I, the reason was is because last year, at, when I moved to Los Angeles with my husband Gerald, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was after Book of Mormon, after being in a couple of off Broadway shows, after being in a TV show that lasted ten episodes, and having this period of time where. You know, I was taking a huge chance by moving to a new city. Didn't know if I was going to work, when I was going to work again. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there were so many people who thought that because of Book of Mormon or because you get something in this business that you just keep climbing up a You've ladder. You've made it. You've made, made it. it. Kid. That, that's, that that means something. It never ends. That that never <laughs> ever happens. Yeah. And I felt not just a, not just a sense that like one listening to podcasts um, has been very, very helpful to me. Uh Listening to artists be honest. And I feel the podcast format is the most honest and vulnerable I've ever heard people give interviews because they're not really interviews. They're conversations. conversations. And I knew that if I could have conversations with my friends and fellow actors, we could have a more honest conversation than a person who wasn't an actor and didn't know what it it
0: feels like you're longing for community yes yeah absolutely because we are all getting so isolated yes and what's great about you you know using technology in this way is that we're we're connecting and that other people can connect i mean like i was so overjoyed to be alone in Prague. um you know so isolated for work in this like weird gym with like this um fluorescent lights and like just this sad eastern european vibe yeah. you know waiting to go to work separated yeah. from my family but then to get to hear your voice and just like here you have a conversation with gerald or you know whatever episode yeah. i was listening to and it's, it's strange you're just suddenly thrust into some kind of intimate uh relationship with the people talking as yeah. if like you're a part of it yeah,
1: yeah. no and i think that is it's uh it is certainly isn't a podcast that's for everyone it's a very specific conversation that I feel like it can definitely
0: be for everyone but yeah that's what I'm
1: surprised at is that like people have been contacting me who are not in the business at all and feeling like they're relating to it and yeah that's that's fantastic yeah Um, and you know I I think that like it started of me talking to people in musicals because I knew that that's what people expect me to have conversations with so when you reached out to me and said that you've been listening to it and that you know, it meant something to you. I was like, okay, great. See, this the, our net is getting wider in this conversation yeah. of the of the people and the work that um, the people that are on this have done. Yeah, uh, and you. Yeah,
0: it's so it 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 really is exciting and refreshing to to have this kind of communal conversation that isn't self congratulatory. It's just like self, I don't know, exploring and yeah. sharing and. Oh um, yeah,
1: because it's not. It, it's certainly we aren't like having a conversation about what's what you what are you promoting right now yeah some people have said like oh i don't want to come on i don't i don't have anything to talk about like i'm not doing anything right now i'm like talk about that that's
0: perfect yeah and that's, that's your opening song it's it, about the struggle exactly swimming upstream exactly
1: and yeah I, and I, f- I found that it's It's hard, you know. Like I found that it's hard. Of course, it's hard to talk about that struggle.
0: Yeah, it's hard, and no one wants to. No one wants. It's all the illusion of I'm successful.
1: And I feel like, you know, there aren't that many people listening to this. I mean, I'm not. I there are people who are listening to it who it really means a lot to them, and Mm -hmm. and they've they've let me know that, and that's why I'm doing it. Hi, mom. Moms? (laughs) My mom? Actually, I've been joking Uh that um, my mom is the only person listening to this. And I found out she doesn't listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I don't know who's listening to this. Um, She's she's learning how to listen to podcasts. That's a
0: strange thing, too, as you evolve in your career. is like when you first start to get jobs, you expect everyone you know to see it. And you're like, everyone tune in or everyone come to the show. And then after that, after like 10 years of that kind of happening... Then people actually don't see you anymore. Like yeah. it's like, oh, you don't have to watch. Yeah, and like no, we I actually mean, don't
1: share it. Loses its excitement or something. I thought about that on the way over here. I was like, I'm not caught up on Salem, and I'm about to have a conversation with Seth. <laughs> I was like, if we've known each other for a really long time. Really long time. I remember being in an audition with you when we first moved to LA. Really. Yes. It, we we I don't remember what it was for. Um, I don't. You know, for some white guy from some uh-huh. really really white guy and. And, uh, and I remember saying to you, I just can't even imagine ever being on TV. Like there's no way yeah. that I could ever do it. Like it was too crazy to me yeah. to even think about it. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, isn't this nuts? You know, like, <laughs> and we were still having the same and, conversation yeah, same man. conversation. Uh, a few years later. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just funny to me that now that it's been such a part of our lives to be in this business yeah. that and there's so many people that we know who are doing so many different projects and things that yeah. it would be a full time job to keep up with everyone's yeah. stuff, and that it's not uh, it's not easy to to keep up with with your friends when your friends are doing well. And yeah, and, I can barely oh keep up God. with
0: my own family. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
1: I know it's it, and, you, and that, that's the thing is that you have to kind of keep. Everything in perspective, and what's really important, and what's really important, is not watching every single thing on TV. Getting to every Broadway show—that's a big thing. Is that it is really hard to get to show up, see people in shows on on Broadway, especially if you're on Broadway. Especially if you're on Broadway, and um, and that sucks. I hate that, you know, because you just want to be able to to see everything. Yeah. Okay, so let's back up. We've known each other
0: through Josh, through Josh Gad. Um. Feel like I've known since you my college. whole life, but since college, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh went to Carnegie Mellon. I went to NYU. He almost went to NYU by the way, but yeah. he had a girlfriend at the time, um, who he was only with for a couple months. Um, but she somehow convinced him uh, you know, apply to Carnegie Mellon. And I was set on NYU because I had gone there for a summer program right. the year before. And I was like, Josh, we're going together. Like Josh and I've known each other since kindergarten. He got me into acting. Um, and, you know, we both loved it. And this stupid bitch <laughs> convinced him to go to Carnegie Mellon, and we missed out on four years. Yeah. And, uh, but because of that, I got to meet you, I yeah. got to meet Leslie Odom, and all mm-hmm. these wonderful people. I can't believe how many incredible actors Carnegie Mellon has. I mean, over the years, I've, I'm always working with someone from Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. I mean I'm not always working, but I'm wh- when, when, when I work, do, I'm usually I'm working with someone working, from Carnegie Mellon. But when I Mellon. do.
1: Yeah, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people from that school. There's obviously a lot of people from NYU and different schools, but um But yeah. you you
0: guys had what 16 people accepted per year? Uh
1: roughly. Yeah. yeah. Probably I I think that the musical theater class had or like 30. seven. Oh, okay. And then the actors were like sixteen, so yeah, okay. maybe six. Yeah, it was. It was probably like twenty people, including actors and in musical
0: theater. Yeah, where NYU is like three hundred per year,
1: right? In different studios and yeah, which was out. a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, that was for rough. me at least.
0: Yeah, because I, I ended up going to the Strasbourg program, which I'm sure was wonderful. Uh, you know, back in the day, but um, at this point, it just seems like a carbon copy that that's been copied over and over again, and it's mm-hmm. just kind of losing its. It's life um, and reality. Um, so big thing for me. I mean, the biggest thing I took away from my NYU education was rebelling against it and being told what to do. It not feeling right, rebelling against it, and that feeling right. Right. And so from that point on, I kind of realized you just have to listen to the voice inside of you. And right. Um, and also, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. That like right. that any every job is going to be different and it used to make me panic that like I don't know how I'm going to prepare for this role or something like that and then I just realized oh it's just it's going to be different every time and I don't know what it's going to be and that's part of the fun is like trying to figure out how to solve this and it's like okay on that take that worked but now on this take it's not working so I need to come up with something else and so the game totally changes to kind of this like fun improvisational Imagining, you know, just trying to trick yourself into believing the circumstances.
1: And well, and I think that if you uh, are somehow fooled into thinking that you're paying for a four year education and that your education is done after you're yeah. after you leave because it was so great, <laughs> you don't need anything else, then yeah. you're really losing out. I feel like some people, and I've talked about this many times, who go to different schools that aren't even conservatory have mm-hmm. a leg up because they are graduating and thinking now i've really got to find ways to become more educated become uh more buckled down into the industry and in, mm-hmm. the, in the craft and they look for resources when they get to new york when they get i was to never Angeles. taught any industry stuff yeah
0: i mean i showed up to sets after after college and i had no i, I had no idea that there was a prop department a costume department like right and I'd be, I didn't know, understand the dynamics of the crew. And so I'd be asking like a prop guy for costume stuff. And he'd be looking at me like, what the hell? Right. And, and when you first start out, you're doing guest spots. So you're like, no one's special. You're just like the guy showing up for the day. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible to not have that preparation. I don't know if any of the schools really prepare. Well, it's hard. It's hard
1: to prepare someone at 18 to 22 for the realities of the business in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania you know like but they I, didn't I, even
0: do it in New York yeah yeah yeah
1: no I mean yeah. I, I feel like there's a certain education that only comes from doing, doing it. it yeah and you know that's that's what I mean by like it doesn't really matter what school you go to you can make the most of what that school is and the school can be great in giving you tools and the actual craft of, of what you're doing and and I I know that when I have come up with those challenges that you were talking about, about a character or about a text, you know, I know that there's my freshman year scene study, you know, breaking down a script, going through motives that Mm -hmm. is very like basic, but also is like some kind of foundation that just makes me feel good about, okay, when, when it comes to it, I've got a, I've got a way to do this like a scientist. Yeah, I never got that.
0: I never got that. Maybe I wasn't paying attention that day or something, but, um, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting place because, you know, four years of only studying drama, mm-hmm. I mean, by year four. Were you in a musical four, theater program? Well, I wasn't when I got there. Oh. I auditioned only for acting schools because I couldn't dance. And I was like, I'm not going to try to be a musical theater guy. Um, but when I got to Carnegie Mellon, they said, Hey, if you want, if you're an actor and you want to see if you can be in the musical theater program, it's the same education and we just, you just have to take voice lessons and dance classes. And I was like, all right, I'll see. Cool. And I auditioned and they said no. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm still an actor and that's why I came here. And I just started taking voice with one of the voice teachers who said from that audition, like, you have a great voice, Claudia Benac, And... She was also teaching uh, Josh Groban at mm-hmm. the time, because he was in our class and was in the musical theater department. Yeah, And with by the end of the semester, he had a record deal and was leaving. And then another kid... And is that
0: kind of because of that voice teacher? Or oh, just
1: 100%, 100%. Really? 100%. Oh. I was, you know, taking all the same classes on acting. So this and then was a was, really
0: good voice teacher.
1: She was, well, she certainly changed the course of my college education wow. and my life in, wow. a, in a lot of ways. I give her a lot of credit. What's she's, her name? Claudia Benak. She was she was at Hamilton, Book of Mormon. She's she's a wonderful person. Um, wow. And she basically said like
0: – You have to interview her.
1: I should. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But I, I, I said to her – Oh, no, she said to me, like, you have to be in musical theater. I'm going to have the dance department uh, to have you start auditing, auditing –
0: Wow. Ballet. Now, what did she what did she see that she said you have to be in musical theater? Well,
1: I was I was taking voice classes with her. I was yeah. paying for it on top of my education. It was just me because I yeah. realized like I want to keep singing. I, did, I I love singing. I just knew I wasn't. But a it dancer. couldn't be
0: just that you had a pretty voice. There must have been either you generated the words acting wise. Yeah, I mean that I, I, the yes. note came out from an intention as opposed to just doing a note or something. Well, I mean. Yes and no. I think
1: that that was never, you know, when I, when I went there and I was, a, I was an actor, there was no question of, like, can he interpret a song as an actor? It was, we've already got enough guys, and uh, she heard me sing, though, and was like, this he's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. So when Josh Groban left and another guy left because he was asked to leave within the first semester from our class, oh, um, who's worst. this?
0: Oh, this is my cat. She's got she's wrapped around a cord <laughs> she's here. Of, a cord. Uh, she's sixteen years old, hair. and this is the end 16? for her now as she gets wrapped in a cord. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking she was like a kitten. She's so pretty. She um Hi, she's an amazing cat. She's been with us since the beginning of my relationship with Bryce. Aww. Um we got her years. in New York. And then I've had... met her before, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've definitely met her before.
1: It's just been a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nice to see you again. She's joining us. Um, We have lots of animals on the podcast. (laughs) Nice. Um, But anyway, so they were losing guys. They were hemorrhaging men like right away. So basically she was like, we need need another guy. We only had, uh, you know, 10 musical theater students at that time. Wow. So I started auditing the ballet class. And by the end of the first semester, they said, second semester freshman year, you'll come back as a musical theater student.
0: Wow. Were yeah. you really inflexible when you started? You mean <laughs> like physically? The, oh,
1: I, it's not. It's not just that. It's that I literally can't remember a dance move. Yeah, and it takes me so long to. I like doing Book of Mormon was the greatest experience, but it was also the scariest thing because while we were doing the reading, uh-huh. they said, "Oh, this is going to be a tap number," and so I had to start taking dance classes. At the Broadway Dance Center, tap wow. one, even because I took it in at Carnegie Mellon and I got a D, <laughs> and then I, and I started working with a, a tutor to get the D up to a B, but it wow. was like a constant struggle. Yeah, I was not a dancer, and I, I was fully accepting of that. It yeah. was like I'll never work as a dancer, and that's fine. Yeah, cut to Book of Mormon, I'm leading a tap dance number. <laughs> it, was, it was the greatest thing and the greatest challenge, and also my worst nightmare. But um, yeah, you know, I. I'm I'm glad that I was pushed to do that at Carnegie Mellon because if I had never taken a dance class, yeah, I know that the fear of it would have just overtaken me. Yeah, and you have I have never ex-
0: be exposed to it. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, another good thing about the podcast in terms of talking about the struggle is like we're facing nightmares of our own all the time. All the time. But because we're performers, you have to like have a smile on your face and make it look like you're a total effortless. professional and it's effortless. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was I was kind of thinking about that watching the Grammys. Did you watch the Grammys this no, year? No, I didn't. Well, Bruno Mars, who's insanely talented and amazing, he did the Prince tribute um, yeah. and did Let's Go Crazy and, and played the guitar at the end. And he was amazing. Like he was insane. And I was like, who knew he could play the guitar? And I, and then I was like, you know, he's he's an actor. He's a performer. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was going to be doing the Prince tribute for a long period of time. Yeah, and he worked his ass off. And I'm not saying he can't play the guitar. Always uh, unbelievable. Yeah, but the the illusion that he made it was like, yeah, this just comes naturally for me. Yeah, it's like that's that's kind of what we have to do all the time. And I'm always amazed when I see another performer do it. Yeah. And then it, it fools me. Uh huh. You know? Yeah.
0: It's like, yeah, but even uh, for some reason I just think of Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, that's I brought Bryce to uh, a Beyonce concert, I think, for last Valentine's Day or the one before. Wow, you um, really you got to see her outed live. me for
1: Valentine's Day. <laughs> I got Gerald you... Long John Silvers. Nice. Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, not, that's nice. his favorite. <laughs> well, that's... that's his favorite. And it's an hour away. <laughs> I, I, I was in traffic for like two hours yesterday. <laughs> wow. that's a lot of effort. Anyway, you brought her to a Beyonce concert. Yeah. which Because you're a good husband.
0: That end, I was really curious on my own, too. Like, we got seats really close. I wanted to see this woman who's, like, such a force. like The queen. I'm someone who's not always comfortable in my body. Like, that's why I like pretending to be other people, because I could be, like, comfortable in their bodies. Yeah. And she seemed so comfortable in her body. I was so curious to just see her own the space. And it was really incredible. Yeah. Uh, And she made eye contact with me at one point. (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, I just kept thinking, hold her gaze, hold her gaze, hold her gaze. And I feel like I did it. And I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't look away. I didn't look away.
1: I get what you're saying, because that's a lot to have Beyonce yeah. looking at you and not to feel like I can't that I, take like, the responsibility of this moment. Yeah.
0: And it's also like in that millisecond, what do I want to share with her? Right. And I think the only thought that I had was like, I got you. <laughs> And she then looked elsewhere.
1: Right. (laughs) I worked with Beyonce. Really? Yeah. Well, I wasn't like working with her, but we were on set at the same time for Dream Girls. Uh Because I did like a a minute on Dream Girls where I was Dave of Dave and the Sweetheart stealing the song from the girls. Nice. And Eddie Murphy and the girls got me a Cadillac car. And she was very, very nice, but so quiet and Jennifer Hudson was the one who was just like talking to everybody and Interesting. she was very focused what Beyonce.
0: fears does Beyonce face I don't know yeah. but
1: clearly like it is funny because you think that uh, every level of this that you go through and you meet somebody you're yeah. like they've surpassed this place where you can have fear or you can have any kind of I don't know insecurity about where you are mm-hmm. like you meet them and like, Oh no, no, they do. They have that. That's, that's there. They're a human being. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a shock. Yeah. So
0: and this conversation about things being surreal, you know, like when you start out as an actor and then it being surreal that you're like actually doing it. Yeah. Um, You realize that all the successful people feel the same way. Like, Whoa, this is totally surreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like even other very famous people that you meet are excited to meet this other very famous person and they react to them the same way that, you're reacting to them. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So tell me about that though. You get out of NYU and you go into the business. What, what were your first experiences?
0: My, I really wanted to, I wouldn't have graduated if it wasn't for my grandma. She wanted me to get a degree. So Uh I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, And she was supporting me. And I knew if I wanted to work as an actor, I needed to make grandma happy. Right. (laughs) So, uh, um, Nana was amazing, and so I uh, I went to college and I studied acting. But at the same time, I started auditioning in New York or trying to, and it's really just a hustle. I mean, like, the hardest leap to make, I think, is that first one of how do I get representation when nobody knows who I am right. at all? Um, and so I flailed about and just did, like, really embarrassing things and, like, just sent my like picture what? everywhere and, like, mm. showed up to offices, like, would call would look up a list uh, on, like, backstage.com or something, because like, this was early internet, so there wasn't a lot of info online. Right. And I'd I'd see the name of an agent and then call and pretend, like, we were supposed to talk just to get past the receptionist. Right. And so I'd say my name, and then they'd be like, who? Oh, this is, Incoming call. This is them calling. It's the agent.
1: They finally got your headshot. <laughs> they
0: finally called back. Um, so the way I finally ended up getting an agent was, uh, my roommate who was a musical theater major, uh, he slept with some guy <laughs> and no, that guy was in our dorm room and saw my picture and he was an assistant at like a really low level agency and was like, Ooh, who's that guy? Uh, and then my roommate told him about it and told him like, I was looking for an agent. And so I ended up getting a meeting because my roommate slept with someone. Wow.
1: And... Uh, you had someone on the casting couch for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which was great.
0: Um, and yes, yeah, so, and then it was a matter of like going on like really weird small auditions and really just working my way up the ladder. Right. Um, which I think I needed because I needed to have small doses of experience because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Um, like I had a a one-day job on Sex and the City when it was like... Oh, right,
1: the the Navy one. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I remember. That was... Was that... So that was after college? No, that was during college. That was during college.
0: Yeah, during college. Um, which was so surreal and just being on a set and like for the first time and there's tons of extras. And, yeah. And like um, I dealt with so much anxiety at the time and so like so much of my mind power went to just like trying to stay calm.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I don't know if other people experience that too, like when you first start... You know, yeah, professionally, so working. you mean
1: anxiety in terms of like just being on that set was like,
0: yeah, it's terrifying when you scary. first start out, yeah, yeah, and so like you're you're developing all these skills of of managing fear, of like staying creative, and all of that, and it took me years to kind of figure out how to manage my fear in such a way that I could really feel creatively free, right um, and a big step of that was was realizing, and it only took. It took time. It took just having many experiences and feeling like I failed multiple times at, you know, being fully present um, to realize that a lot of what I was perceiving as fear, you know, sensations coming up from my belly or my heart or whatever uh, was actually like intuitive information was actually my body. Like having done all of this work and wanting to hand it to me if I just like let go and allowed myself to feel all those uncomfortable feelings, they actually were feelings that were relevant to the scene. Uh-huh. Um, so it's this, like, really cool Aikido, Tai Chi kind of a thing yeah. <laughs> that you can discover. But it um, takes a
1: long time, I feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. I f- yeah, I guess people can't really just tell you. Um, I don't know. I mean, along the way, there's definitely been... I, I, def- I see teachers all the time. Um, there's this really wonderful one a woman named Kim Kim Gillingham who does dream work, and uh, it's really amazing. You will, which has completely changed my life. Um, before you go to bed, you'll write a note to your subconscious. That's my dog. She wants to go outside. You can go out. So you write a note to your subconscious. And I was introduced to it, you know, from an acting context. So if you're working on a part, you'll kind of ask, you know, who is this guy um, in this scene? You know, like, what am I trying to do or whatever? And then you go to bed with the intention of, okay, the dreams that you have are going to be relevant to that. And they're going to answer that question. Hmm. And then the rule is when you wake up, you have to write down exactly what the dream was. And without fail, even if you say, "I, I, I never dream, I don't have dreams, I can't remember my dreams. If you do that you will have dreams really yeah you will and um and when you wake up the trick is you have to write it down right away like the second you wake up because if you wait 30 seconds it's gone right like there are so many times you dream but you just forget that you had a dream right but if you write it down and it won't make any sense and as you're writing it down you just be like this is so stupid this is so stupid why am i writing this down this makes no fucking sense and then don't look at it. And then later in the day, read what you wrote the night before and then read what your dream was. And without fail for me, I've just gone, oh, oh, that's so crazy. And learned all these things about myself, about my character. And then, and that that also makes life and reality become very strange because in a dream, you realize that every character... And every prop and every situation is you because it's inside your own mind. And then you realize, you start to wonder if in real life, it's kind of the same thing. (laughs) Like everyone around you is you. And you begin to wonder, why did I get this part? Uh, You know, because you start to, you have these fictional experiences through the character, but it also changes you and you begin to wonder like, is this just a job or is this like part of my personal journey and part of my growth? And um, for me, it's really blurred the lines between just like the practical world and us each as individuals going on this like crazy journey of self-discovery. And Well, I mean, you are – your job
1: is specifically the one that you – have now and the amount of time that you've had to be away from home and the what it asks of you is not just to be a great actor for your acting skills. It's a whole new set of personal skills Mm -hmm. and something that we talked about, um, uh, about how you started listening to this podcast and about Gerald and I being away from each other for a year. Yeah, You've had to be away from your wife and kids for periods of time because you both are actors, mm-hmm. very uh, in-demand actors, and uh, that has a whole new set of challenges that are different from those days of struggling uh, to get a job. Now you have the jobs. Yeah. You guys are are, are there, yeah. and I think that that is such a it's it's a very unique and a, a privilege of a problem. Mm-hmm. I, I know, that, and I know that's how you feel, but if you could talk a little bit about that challenge and what it demands of you personally,
0: Um, each job. For me, I know Bryce likes to be more organized about it and plan ahead, but for me, I have just completely have surrendered to it. Um, In the beginning, I would try to plan around it. I mean, we had the... We were lucky in that we met in college, and then she started doing films, and then I started doing TV, so we kind of had a slow roll into, uh, okay, this is going to be an unpredictable at times long-distance relationship kind of thing, and we have no idea when that's going to happen. We're going to be in different places. We're going to be in situations where we're pretending to be in love with other people. We're going to be spending a lot of intimate time with other people, rehearsing, you know, the whatnot. And at first it drove me crazy um, because I remember she was doing this play in the Hamptons one summer, and I was in the city because I was still going to school. And uh, and I knew she had a hotel room next to this other actor. yeah. And I was like, and they got on very well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know something's going to happen. I know something's going to happen. And for an entire summer, I was just like killing myself with jealousy and like any any clue I saw that something might've been going on, you know, a smile or whatever, Like, although even if it was just like them being innocent and friendly, which it was, it just drove me nuts. And after enduring a summer of that and kind of pushing her away, I realized, oh, like that's just pushing her away. Like having that fear is just gonna cause her to do what it is I'm fearing. And so I kind of realized I just need to take a leap of faith and just trust her. And if she betrays me, which she wouldn't, I've learned because she just is that kind of person. Right. Um, then I'll just deal with it then. Yeah. But like, I can't waste all this energy worrying about that stuff. So that's the right. first aspect is like getting jealousy in check, um, things like that. And then it becomes... Uh, how do I keep the magic alive between us? Mm -hmm. And it it just takes effort, really does. Um, We, in the beginning, she she had a movie in Sweden, and I was working on Nip Tuck in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, That was in the beginning, Josh Gad was sleeping on our couch. (laughs) Did you spend any time on our couch? Uh, In, yes. Yes? I'm, yes. We were one of the first to move to L.A., so... We've had we had Josh Gad on our couch for a couple a of years, while. maybe. Yeah, Catherine <laughs> Waterston, um, John Lavelle. You might have been there.
1: I mean, but- if I was spending time on the couch, it was after a long night. It wasn't. Oh, like, okay. Oh, I moved in. I needed. You place didn't. To you didn't move in for no. Because I then. actually moved here right out of college. Right. And then moved to New York. I had a very backwards path, uh-huh. but. um. Yeah, no, I remember that. I remember that place and yeah. that it was a home for many <laughs> for many, many different actors.
0: people. It's really fun like we reflect on it and we're just like, ah, oh, like all these actors who are working now. Yeah. It's like we're really proud that they were once on our couch. Yeah. Um, but anyway, long story short, like we just learned we can't be apart for more than a month. Like things start to get bad at that point. Yeah. Like you start to push each other away mm. and feel Strange, And so our ideal is we just always aim to see each other if we can every two weeks and really try not to go past three weeks. Wow. Um, And it's difficult and it doesn't always work. Uh, But after years of trying to plan, especially because we have kids now and trying to figure that out, um, you know, who are they going to be with? I've had to fill out so many school applications because they'll come with us. Yeah. And then we have to apply to a new school Um, and the school's kind of into it because it's like fun that like these kids are coming in Mm -hmm. because of a movie or whatever. Uh, And thankfully they've been incredibly adaptable. Um, But we just haven't been able to plan everything, anything. Like if I try to plan, you try to come up with like plan one, a scenario level B two, and then it's like one thing will change and then you just have to change the entire plan. So it kind of becomes a waste of energy. Right. Um, which is also something I've learned about with acting is like, I mean, you you rehearse and you practice. And I think this is especially true in, in film and TV. Like what you rehearse and practice in your head is just never going to be what it is on the day. Right. Um, and so I've learned to just practice to a point where I'm like able to surrender. Like the biggest thing is just being present. Uh, and I feel like that applies to the acting work and the dealing with like all the stuff outside of the acting work. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't matter if I'm away from my kids for a week, as long as like when I'm with them, I'm present. Right. Um, I haven't seen it affect them negatively if I'm gone. And I've really tried hard to express to them and like we'll Skype every day, which is great. That helps so much. Yeah. Um, but I've also tried to express to them, like I'm doing what I love. Um, cause we had our, our son early, a week into our, our marriage on our honeymoon, we found out she was pregnant and I was 24, I think at the time. And I was terrified because oh, I had always thought, I had always thought like, when you have kids, you're kind of passing the torch, like your life is now over and now right. you're, now you're getting them ready. And I was like, but I, I haven't even begun my career. Right. Like, this is, this is awful. I can't, I'm not ready to give it up. And then it took me a couple of years, but I realized, oh, like to be a good parent, I don't, if I'm going to lead by example, I don't show them that I give up on my dreams because of them. Like I show them that I go for it even more for them Hmm. and with them. Right. Um, And that changed it for me. And so whenever I tell them I'm leaving for a job, I'll express disappointment that I'm going to miss them. And I say, it's okay to have those feelings And, and they have it too. And here's when you're going to visit me. But also, please remember, this is like what I love to do. Right. And like the reason I love doing it is because, you know, you get to connect all these people and and really try to share the the positive sides of it. And then I'll also promise to get them like a really awesome gift for when yeah, I get back. Yeah. And so now my daughter, I'll be like, I got a job. And she'll be like, what are you going to get me? Right. <laughs> it's got to
1: be attached to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's good to hear, you know, as somebody who's you know wanting to have a child and start a family like yeah as an actor it's just it's so daunting and you do feel like it is so difficult to plan my life how in god's name will i plan a child's life yeah. and my life like in the last year of, yeah. of of Gerald and i being apart uh that was not the plan you yeah. know we moved to LA and he got a nice job in an office and that wasn't our plan and then of course Hamilton comes along and
0: which was incredible cuz yeah. I didn't even know all that happened because the I had seen you when you guys had just moved right and then you were going to go back for another show yeah um what was that one called nerds. for nerds yeah. which was all exciting and then I was heading to New York, and I was I, I told Josh I was going to see Hamilton, and he was like, oh, Rory can probably get you tickets. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And he's like, Rory's in Hamilton now. And I was like, like wait, what? what <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait, he, so he was in Book of Mormon, and now he's in Hamilton? What? Yeah. <laughs> this is no, incredible. It was,
1: a, it was a really quick turnaround, and I've talked about it on the podcast, of, of, of going to New York, thinking I was going to be doing one show, Nerds. It falls apart. I come back to L.A., and my agent calls two days later and says, would you go back to Broadway? And I was like, oh, my heart's broken. I don't know if I can do it. Uh-huh. She was like, well, if it's for the king in Hamilton? I was like, I'm at LAX. I'll be right there. Yeah, incredible. And, you know, I, she literally on that phone call said, do you need to talk to Gerald before I tell them that you are interested and, in, you know, have more of a conversation? It wasn't like I was accepting it. Yeah. But I said no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I well, know, you know him, I yeah. know him and we had seen the show and I knew, I knew that he was going to be more supportive of it yeah. than I was. Even That's though, also the key. with yeah. the
0: relationship is like, is wanting the best for them and them really wanting the best for you. Right. And like, I mean, this is your dream. Yeah. If, if he were saying no to that, people around you would be like, this isn't a good situation, you know? Right. Um, cause I have known actors that, uh, are pressured by if they're in a relationship especially sometimes with non-actors mm-hmm. you know if they give them a hard time about it it's like but this is who you are you can't give that up for them yeah because this is who you are well and it's not unless, unless you care about them that much that you want to give it up for them right well but you I shouldn't mean, have it's, to it's, give it up no <laughs>
1: no you shouldn't have to but it's also like it's a case-by-case case thing you know yeah. would i be wanting to be away for the 10 months in New York and L.A. for another job, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't agree to to be in Nerds for more than six months. Mm -hmm. And so um, agreeing to be apart from him for that period of time was a really big deal to me. And I think that Hamilton was worth it, not just because of what it would do for me, but because of how much I loved the show and how much I thought, you know, yeah, how highly I thought of it. So
0: yeah, I mean it's part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, it? no, yeah. it's
1: it's 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 a very unique experience, and he was aware of that, and I knew that he was the one who was going to have to put mm-hmm. up with the long distance and the difficulty of that by being the one who had to go back and forth the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel very lucky that I have somebody who's not in the business who g- understands the business or at least accepts the craziness of it and it can enjoy the good parts and doesn't let me wallow in the bad mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's got to be it's different to be with somebody you both are so successful you embrace your wife and the the highs and the lows and the high highs, highs because you both have had such great success like that has got to be so exciting but it's also got to be taxing and you know the be living, living your life in the public eye, you know, in, in whatever degree that is, um, is we're, always we're difficult. Hermits, so <laughs> that, that, we're so hermits. why, and why are you hermits? Like that's, um, that's a choice, right? Well, we,
0: we have had the advantage of her growing up with a famous father right? and Ron spending Howard. a lot of time on set, Ron Howard. And so, uh, she, her whole life. It's strange because she's not like us. Right. (laughs) Like we're from small towns and like had a dream of going to Hollywood Mm -hmm. or Broadway. And, but she like grew up in it. Like she's at home in it. Like when she's on a set, she's the most herself. It's really weird Mm -hmm. because like when I first started being on sets, I was like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah. And I would see her on a set and she'd be like, I'm home because yeah. like she grew up, you know, yeah. on a set with her dad. And so she's really comfortable there, like knowing that she wanted to go into it. Um, but so in terms of it being an advantage, like she has had years of experience of watching her dad, like observing trial and error, like how he handled all the different aspects of his life, of press and everything. And, um, and we just made some decisions early on based on her wisdom and, uh, One, like we never wanted, I mean, I tried to make it clear to all of them right away when I got into relationship with Bryce that like I was not in it in any way for who her father was. And Mm -hmm. um, that actually kept us apart for like a good six months because I was worried like, what are people going to think? They're going to think like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to pull something over or something. Um, And so it was a priority to me that, you know, if, if we were ever seen publicly, like just keeping all of that separate. So like, even now we don't do the red carpet together. Um, like if I go to her event, I will skip the red carpet and she'll do the red carpet. If she comes to an event of mine, she'll skip the red carpet. Uh, and we just like, don't do things together. We don't, we never pose for photographs together unless it's like in the party and we're just having fun because we don't want to be like, yeah. Um, But we have found that that just like it, we just haven't piqued anyone's interest, which is nice, and so we've been able to to continue living a pretty normal life. Um, Especially with kids, we wanted that, and we just haven't invited anyone into our personal lives. So uh, we, we honestly we're out of touch. Like we don't really know. I know Bryce doesn't know what the real public perception of her is. Like, you know, I I. I'm still low on the ladder. And so, you know, my experience is it wouldn't be, you know, that vastly different going out in the world as it is, but, um,
1: well, you're certainly a lot more <laughs> than somebody who's on stage. You know, like for me, uh-huh. there's a difference between somebody who has a TV series or has been on TV for a long time uh-huh. and somebody who's just pretty much exclusively been on stage. Yeah. I certainly have, you know, an online presence of people who love theater. Yeah. And, but as soon as I leave the stage door, which is, an, there's an excitement because the people are outside who just saw you do. Your thing. It would be like if there was a building where everyone watched your T V episode and then got to meet you afterwards. You yeah. know, it's 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 very thrilling and exciting. Yeah. I go two more blocks and <laughs> no one knows that I was just in Hamilton yeah. or Book of Mormon or whatever it was. Yeah. And it's wonderful yeah. because you can experience the excitement and the enthusiasm and the appreciation for what you do, and then you walk a couple more blocks and no one gives a shit. Yeah. And you can just be yourself go home it's wonderful and i yeah. think that everything else is kind of like what you're inviting like clearly me doing a podcast is inviting more people into my world which was a which was a thought like do i really want that but at uh-huh. the end of the day i figure if i'm just putting this out on my own yeah. and drawing the people into these conversations that want to have them or listen to them yeah these are the kind of people that i don't mind knowing a yeah, little bit more it, about
0: it. Me. It's something of substance. I mean like I feel like what Bryce and I were going for was just never wanting to because when we were starting on the business it was like Paris Hilton and things like that. Yeah. Like like the whole idea of of public image was this like strange game where you just tried to become popular and right. like for me I had such a uh, an aversion to even wanting to seem like I was wanting to play that game. Yeah. You know? And so um I try to avoid that stuff just because I don't condone that kind of like behavior. But if it's about substance and, you know, and, and having real conversations with people, I mean, like your realization of like, once you go past a certain number of blocks, like no one gives a shit. Like the truth is no matter who you are, like really no one gives a shit. And like, and if you forget that and you start to get into yourself, then you're going to lose, you know, the real, the real creative access. I mean, then you're just not present. To, to people's mindsets.
1: Well, we were, <laughs> Gerald and I, on our Valentine's celebration last night, were watching Golden Girls. And, <laughs> and also, and eating
0: uh, Long John Silvers. And eating Long
1: John Silvers. <laughs> and also, the film for the night was Outrageous Fortune with Shelley Long and Bat Midler. Beautiful. Two icons, two acting uh, geniuses. And uh, I was obsessed. When I was a kid, I had two actors who were obsessed with uh-huh. Tom Hanks and Shelley long wow to me those were the two greatest actors yeah and uh the money pit was such a i love that movie yeah. so so much yeah and it's funny to me and like god bless Shelley long she's still on modern family and you know like everyone but there was a moment in time where Shelley long was m- ha- like making movies like green lighting yeah movies and was like in the press all the time and You know, it reminded me, and to me, you know, she's like as famous as it gets forever. Yeah. But that that kind of uh, success and that kind of like media craziness, it's a moment in time, and it always goes away. So there's, if you put too much value on on that for yourself or Mm -hmm. for another person, it's 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 misplaced. It's misplaced value. Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's really not.
0: And also, never. like, it can, I mean, I wonder in the Shelley Long situation, you know, what uh, sexism, how much that plays a factor in it. Like, if she was a man, she probably would have had Tom Hanks's career. Huh. Um, if she, ne- if like, Tom honestly, Hanks was a I've woman, never... he might not have had yeah. <laughs> that career.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't disagree with that, you know, like, I think that there's without a doubt there's like a Goldie huge Haan. amount Goldie
0: Hawn go? yeah yeah I mean yeah.
1: she's there and she is still amazing yeah and uh, not used yeah that's where that's what's yeah. going on that's absolutely it's really true. frustrating
0: yeah. but it's also interesting like um, I mean if you look at someone like Matthew McConaughey like he he was a huge star and then fizzled out and everyone was like oh he's gone and then now he's back and huge again right and it's I mean just none of that is predictable and I feel like um, I feel like that's all pretty just irrelevant like it's really just about putting your head down and trying to do the best work possible and i'm sure there's some element of like playing having some kind of strategic publicity game or something yeah uh and that's definitely something i consider from time to time but like i i i have such a fear of of uh of looking like or actually you know being someone who who cares much about that stuff
1: right yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know what you mean. And I, I just, comes from, I only care about it to get me more work. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And And I think that, you know, when you, when you care about that, when you think about like publicity or, you know, representation or the ways that you can get more work, where do you think that, where do you think that comes from? Because I mean, I think about it all the time, and I'm mm. thinking, you know, hey, you have a job, you're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Where, why are why are I re- you? I always- had a
0: realization yesterday because I had to go for an audition. Um, the my show Salem ended, and uh, I ended up doing this other thing called Genius in Prague, which was really fun, and then that ended. Oh, and that's now, what you were doing. Yeah. Did was, that start yet? Uh, no, it airs in April. Um, but now I'm jobless, and like, mm-hmm. which is which is fun because like. I'm free. I'm not under a contract. I can do anything. But the only thing I hear in my head is I'm jobless. Right. And like, I'm right back at square one right now. Right. And, um, and yesterday I was like panicking a little because I realized that I don't have a sense of identity if I'm not working. And that's something I need to work on. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do not feel content unless I have a job and I, I evaluate my self-worth based on what that job is right which is that's awful you know and that motivates me to want to get more work and like the fear of not knowing who i am um motivates me to like call my reps and be like i want a job let's find a job come on people let's do this and it's like i i realized yesterday like that's not cool i need to shift that like i need to be happy i need to spend time with my kids and not worrying like if I if I look at the evidence it's likely that I will work again I shouldn't panic about what that's going to be or right. feel like it has to be a certain thing or that my worth is lower now because I'm not working because like I'm just not going to be able to sustain that um, and so I, that's something I don't know I'll, I guess I'll bring it up in therapy when I see my therapist <laughs> next but That's something I want to work on and was a big realization for me. Well, I think that that, what you just said,
1: is kind of like a key to surviving in this business and being happy and living the dream. You know, Mm. like that is, it's funny. Usually in these conversations that I have, like in the last last 10 minutes of like talking to someone, it kind of always goes back to that about having Mm. work not be what is what your identity is yeah that you that you are somebody even when you're not working yeah and it's really hard to to find out what that who that person is because mm-hmm. having a job is kind of like uh a placeholder or like a, okay um yeah I know I was having these other issues with just myself and like who I just was but mm-hmm. right now I have a job so I don't have to think about that until it's over yeah because I'm really really busy with this job and this is exciting yeah and if anybody asks who I am this is who I
0: am yeah and if I <laughs> ask who I am this is who I exactly. am exactly
1: and and it's it, you I think that the more you go and the more cool, the cooler the job is, mm-hmm. the the more naked you feel when it's not there. Right. Like it's, a, it doesn't like now that you've got that TV show under your belt, now you're not free of that. It means you feel a little more pressure to get the next thing yeah. that will make sure that that wasn't a fluke or that, or that you still exist. Right. Which is Yeah, crazy. the fluke
0: thing is interesting. Like, yeah, I feel like you spend a lot of, the beginning of your career, like when are they going to find out? I don't really deserve this or yeah. something. It's cool. it's strange. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Like every room you go into, you're like, oof. <laughs> I might be found out that you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't have talent or that I don't. I, you know. Yeah. I, I don't. There's not one job that I've gotten uh-huh. where I haven't gone through. Wow. Why didn't they get so and so to do this? Mm-hmm. So and so would have been a lot better at this. You know. <laughs> and like I, I don't wow. know why they Who are. Who did you say? Did you have Uh, that thought with Hamilton? Oh my God, with Hamilton? Yeah. Yes, anyone under the sun, you know, like I I mean, everyone. You killed that. You were amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But
0: I want to know. I want to know. So you, you love. There's so much to talk about. Is there? Is there an end time? A cutoff point? No. No.
1: (laughs) The uh, the network doesn't really matter.
0: (laughs) Um, Wait, you were about to say something.
1: No, I just was saying that you know, doing. Hamilton when they asked me to do it I was shocked because they literally could ask anybody and I think that they were looking for somebody who was was known in the Broadway community but wasn't a quote unquote name you know that wasn't somebody you know you're a good choice because
0: you're like you've got this cred you know from doing Book of Mormon having Mm -hmm. kind of this subversive like there's an in the know element to it that Mm -hmm. makes you a good choice and like you're an amazing performer so well, it works.
1: Well, I've, I, I, it just out of all of the jobs I've had, that was the one where I literally would have assumed that they would ask thousands of people before yeah, they asked me. Like so Steve no, I was yeah. I mean, they could ask, <laughs> they could they could literally ask anybody. Yeah. And so I was thrilled that for whatever reason, and I don't ask why or uh-huh. ask questions. I just uh, was excited to get to show up. But yeah, I mean. Do you, do you not do that too? Like when you get something or eight, when I see a breakdown of, of the part that I'm auditioning for, I'm like, mm, I bet I'll see so-and-so at this audition because they would be great for this.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like I have a pretty accurate barometer with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, all the time I'll, I'll, I'll read, yeah, the character description and think like, oh yeah, this is perfect for such and such. And like, I'll sometimes like contact them and be like, you should reach out to such and such. Right. Um, But I, it's strange, like when I connect to a role, it's like unpredictable, but I'll just read something, the description or something, and then I'll just get this little little click of like, oh, this is, yeah, this this is is meant to be or something like this is, this is who I am, um, or this is the part of me that I'm meant to now explore, explore. Or yeah. something. There's there's like there is a,
1: something weird when you get the sides yeah. or you get a part and you're like, Oh, this is this is like breathing. Yeah. This just yeah. feels as, as right as it could be. But what sucks
0: is when you have that and then you don't get it. Oh yeah. <laughs> just still still you're so like, much but of the
1: time. This was me. <laughs> but, oh wait, you didn't realize it. And they cast
0: who? Yeah, what? That's right. ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely most of the time that you feel that you're not gonna get the, the part. But what's great is that most of the parts that you get are you do not feel that at all and you are kind of like trying to find a way to get into it in 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 some way that is passionate and not just oh I'm memorizing this or like this is work because sometimes yeah. you just get sides and it could be as many pages as they want and it just feels fun yeah. because it's right yeah and sometimes you get like three pages of something and you're like oh yeah i i can't believe i have to work on these three pages this well also is like hard. we're
0: taught never to blame the writing right you know because in college you work on material where the writing has been tested and mm-hmm. it's good material right. so you don't blame the writer but like there's a lot of bad writing out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and i've be- i've begun to recognize like oh i'm having a difficult time not because i'm a bad actor but because this is this is right. bad writing right now right so what can i do to improve which it? makes
1: you appreciate the good writing all the more yeah
0: and then when there's good writing so then then you can also assess you know as you evolve in your career you're like well if this is bad writing like do I want to be involved in this right um and so that's a relief
1: so but so you are at a place now where you know I know you're saying like I am jobless and I want I want a job but you certainly are in a place where you can pick and choose more the things that you pursue a little bit yeah a little bit what 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 are the decisions that you make what do you
0: well, right What's now where process? I'm at is uh, uh, what I have found to be helpful is is setting a goal each time I'm like in this position. So the last time I was like in this position where like I have nothing, you know, right. there's like I have a resume, but I have nothing else happening. Um, I, I was completely lost and I wasn't sure of what to do or what to focus on. And Bryce told me... Um, It's like, why don't you say a prayer, you know, talk to God, make a wish, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. because I'm agnostic. So I, I worship metaphors. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I really do. Um, I, what I defined for myself then was I wished for a role that would reveal my talent to myself and to others. Because I wasn't totally confident. This was in like 2012. I I wasn't totally sure if I was a good actor. Mm -hmm. Um, I had just gotten out of like... I had just broken the mindset of thinking I'm an incredible actor. And then I'd go and work and it wouldn't be incredible. And I'd be like, wait, that doesn't match. Wait, what? I I had realized like, oh an incredible actor is like that's like something you move towards it's not just something you are like it's a it's a constant journey so then i changed my i changed my goal at that time to just like i'm just going to try to get a little better each time and right. maybe one day i'll be good you know right. or, or whatever um and so I, I made that wish and it was a pretty surreal night and i looked up at the sky and i i like really had a took a deep breath and was feeling, you know, energetically pure or whatever the hell. Hmm. And, uh, and I said, okay, I really wish for a role that will reveal my talent to myself and to others. And then a fucking shooting star went across the sky. I shit shit. you not. I shit you not. The second I finished that wish, um, which is really weird and cheesy and awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, I got the part on Salem, um, which was like the most emotionally complex role I've I've ever done, right. uh, and and the show, you know, that was an incredible experience. And it wasn't, it hasn't been seen by everyone. It has a good niche audience, but like I got to do three seasons of like a great art, everything, and, and yeah, and like experiencing everything, yeah. and and I realized at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, like that revealed my talent to myself, and like and I got calls from my team being like, you know, we've never seen this side of you, things like that. And I was like, that's crazy. Like that they, like it revealed it to them too. Yeah. So in terms of now, um, what I've been thinking is, and I'm still working on the wording of it, but I'm like really trying to figure out how to phrase what it is I want now. Um, I, I would like to, I'll just put it in the honest terms that I'm thinking in my mind, even if it sounds douchey, (laughs) but, um, I, I would like an elite role in an elite project, um, that a lot of people see, right? That's, that's what I'd like. And in my mind, elite is like, uh, something that I feel is good material, um, that other people perceive as good material, uh, and that, you know, people who are involved in awards, making decisions think is good material. Um, because I selfishly want now to like to secure my ability to continue working in projects that are good, and right. I feel like if a project um, ticks those things off in terms of having an audience and having awards attention, mm-hmm. then I'm more likely to work in projects that are good. Right. And so that's kind of it's funny what because I want. a lot of times
1: people don't understand that like you you talk about awards or uh, you know. Something that a lot of people see publicity. It's not serving some kind of a, a, an ego thing or or self esteem to, to have those things. I mean, there's a part of that that you know when you grow up you want to you want awards attention. and That's one of the things that makes you want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. There's also something that you realize is that you all you want is to work, yeah. and that having something that is in that world of yeah. awards that you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I know what the difference it's is of being a in a totem. show that is that is doesn't have any Tony recognition in a in a show that is the Book of Mormon. Yeah. You know, I know what the difference between those two jobs are. Yeah. And I am so grateful for both of those jobs, yeah. but I know that the You one, didn't get
0: Hamilton because of that other job. No. You got it because of yes. Book of Mormon. Right. Yeah.
1: And and there's without a doubt uh, a a need to To pursue those types of things or put that out there, not just because, you know, I want to. <laughs> That's a fun little toy. That's my dog. <laughs> That's just keeping us real grounded in this yeah, yeah, uh, like, elite stop. conversation. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that it is a goal that you don't necessarily want to have because you want an award, you want yeah. us, you want the hardware in your house. It's because we constantly want to work. We yes. constantly want to be able to just be given that thing next, next, yeah. next here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah. And it's hard because people because we're always we're always trying to swing to that next vine is what I what I say and yeah. and it's just hard when you don't see that vine and you have mm-hmm. to trust that it's going to be there when you're done swinging on on this one yeah and when you are involved with something that has awards attention or was seen by the most people on a network yeah or is being talked about on HBO that means that there are a lot more vines that you can see right and it makes it a lot easier to. Hold on in comfort to the one you're swinging from now. Yeah,
0: you're like, ooh, I can make, I can choose any vine. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it's uh, it's that's 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 part of
0: why I've like, in terms of my strategy moving forward is like, in terms of where I'm at now because of like work that I've done, like, to use that metaphor, like, now there are certain vines that swing by, you know, such as like certain network projects, like a procedural or something. Yeah, in the past I would. I would have to try to swing on that vine because yeah. like, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. I need a vine, but I, I, I'm, it's more likely that other vines will come along. So I'm able to kind of right. look at things. And also because realizing you make a seven year commitment, I mean, for TV shows, like right. I mostly work in that and like the, I signed on to one project once and did a pilot and thankfully the show didn't go, but I, I did the pilot um, I did it because I was afraid that I wasn't going to get anything else and I wanted to be working Right. and I was doing it and it was awful and I hated it and I hated my part and the project was terrible <laughs> and I had a nervous breakdown thinking I could be on this thing for seven years. Right. Uh, and then when it didn't go, I was like, okay, I will never do that again. Right. Like, it's just not worth it. No. Yeah.
1: No, it's not. Um, but if you have one of those, you can totally swing that vine my way, and I will <laughs> grab it. No, no you don't I, want that. No, no, I'm, I'm. It's, it's funny because I talked to Gerald about that. You know, like, well, like, what if there was something that came along that you know we weren't really excited about, but it, w- it meant that I was working at the same place for a long period of time. Yeah,
0: like a CSI or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: He was like. Oh, you will be taking that job. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. so, you know, the Hamilton well, support.
0: And, yeah, and, and that's where you that's where you make decisions. Like if you guys are gonna start a family, like right. maybe you want the moneymaker consistent thing for a period of time and right. then and that's gonna facilitate you doing yeah. more obscure artistic theater later on down the road or something. I find,
1: you know, like for me, um, I love doing I'm, I love being an actor, and I love the work and finding things. I also, what I really love, and what you were talking about and why I'm maybe doing this, is the community. I love showing up somewhere. Mm-hmm. I love having a theater that I go to eight times a week and having that community. So any place that I could like show up to on a regular basis for years mm-hmm. and know, like, hey, this is my home. This is where I do what I do. I would probably happy doing anything there yeah <laughs> so you know like it's it's I, but who knows you know i've never been in that situation so yeah y- y- it's always about where you are in life um and that's you know family is a big consideration even though we don't have a child yet it's like all we think about yeah so it's you know whatever
0: and in terms of advice with that like yeah i mean in a way i was lucky that we we were surprised by our first and yeah. because like If it was something that I was waiting to be ready for, like I could be 90, you know, like, uh, and I still wouldn't be ready. Like, I don't think it's ever something you're ready for. No. Um, but if it's something you feel like you want to do, then just do it. Right. And like, I've always been a ready, ready, fire, aim kind of a person. Right. Um where Bryce is ready aim fire where actually she's ready aim 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 mm-hmm. aim, aim aim let's let's talk about it a little Planner. more let's have a couple meetings wait let's go back to ready okay right. aim now fire and she always hits but I'm a ready right. fire aim and I'm just like so ah we're is. doing this yeah yeah but that's I realized like that's how I enjoy life is just kind of being thrown into things and then yeah. figuring it out um and so in terms of parenting like I feel like it's a similar thing and, and if you're present like you'll you'll do a good job yeah. and they can handle they can handle all the chaos as long as you're present yeah
1: well i think that um one of the big aspects of being in this business and and a really basic uh decision is new york or la mm-hmm. it's just those two cities are like the we're, 2 we're cities going through the do. same thing right and so that has been difficult for us and we continue to discuss it, it how is,
0: passionate is gerald about his work
1: <laughs> um, Gerald is really good at his job, and it's—I uh, would say—the reason that we did the long distance, uh-huh. because um, Gerald and and I grew, fell in love in New York City. We love New York City. The reason that he stayed in Los Angeles was because of his job. Yeah, and, and he loves his job, and he, he loves his job, and <laughs> they love him. And um, but what I would say is that. Uh, we are going through this experience and wanting to be in LA so that we have more room because we know what New York uh, apartments are like. Yeah. They're all really, really small for a lot of money. Well,
0: we're going to go to upstate New York.
1: That's great.
0: Yeah. Because we, we have the same thing in terms of wanting right. like, land for the kids. Like Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that's that's fantastic. And you are, is it going to be far from the city? Is it like... A, it's
0: supposedly a half an hour from the city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how it works out,
1: right? <laughs> but so, how do you feel about that? Like, are you are you both? Obviously, it's scary to move anytime yeah. to make the big change like that. But is it uh, is it something that you're also really stoked for? Is it something you feel like it's I'm really, really necessary?
0: Or I'm really stoked for it. I feel like just everything is getting so crazy in the world right now, mm-hmm. and like, um, in terms of like identity, I've become so tied to like industry and all that kind of stuff like i really want to just spend time in nature yeah surrounded by people that you know everyone isn't in the business and like you know kind of um have an understanding of like just who i am as a being yeah you know in in nature as it was intended as opposed to like this strange technological dopamine addiction thing that we're caught up in at least i am um and so Yeah, I just want to see what it's like to be bored and like next to a tree for a little while. Yeah, Um, and I feel like LA, I can't really do that because the tree is dying because it doesn't have water or it has too much water. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's
1: one extreme or the other. Yeah, no, I mean that's going to be a a wonderful change to be able to be out in and have a yard that's expansive and trees and nature and I mean that sounds great to me. Um, I, I feel like it's like what you said and we, what we started to say before we recorded that my biggest fear is choosing anything mm-hmm. because I know just like what happened is that I move to Los Angeles with Gerald yeah. and, you know, six months later I yeah. get a dream job in New York. I'm
0: sure I'll get an LA, <laughs> seven-year LA job once we move to New York. Right. But, you know, that's
1: it's like you can't, it, it teaches you to not, uh, not be too precious about anything except your family, except the things that are you know really yeah. simplify in terms of what makes your life, you and and your you know your personal relationships are what's most important, not yeah. necessarily where you are. Yeah. In, in the world. And the
0: other stuff, I guess we you just have to surrender. Yeah. Um, like make decisions, and then if something changes, just surrender to that, and then make new decisions and. Yeah. Kind of I get kind of tired of
1: answering people's questions about what I'm doing mm-hmm. with my life because I don't know, you know, a lot of people like, what are you going to do after Hamilton, which who says, drives, this? oh, just people people yeah. who I love by the way <laughs> like people who I know and, and who are like well what are you going to do then I'm like in 2018 like uh-huh. oh, a year away Yeah, I have no idea yeah. I, I didn't know a year ago that I would even be involved with this so yeah. how can I possibly make a plan Yeah. for next year yeah Well, you can
0: just say I don't know
1: I know you're right yeah you're right but when you say we do
0: feel this pressure of like oh I need to look good I need to like make it seem like I'm climbing that ladder right or just no but really it's even like just in the city that you're in story what's going on
1: we should wrap up
0: I'm being a dog owner I have a firm voice
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean I think that it it is it's just like you 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 feel the need to kind of like fill the gap for somebody in the story of who you are and what what you're doing with your life Mm -hmm. and i just get like it's all it's more so i get frustrated because i want to know because i am i'm not that much of a planner but i Mm -hmm. want to know what i'm doing for the next 10 years that would be
0: great yeah
1: and one of the biggest benefits of hamilton has been this is what you're doing for two years
0: yeah you must feel so good just like I, I can, do. I can be present because I have a great job. I do. And it makes I've me look long, good when I talk about right. it, and I enjoy Ex- it exactly.
1: And it's that thing that's like the one answer. What are you doing? I'm. I'm in Hamilton. I'm an actor. This is who and I everyone's am. Like, whoa! Look at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. He's got and then a they podcast. don't. They don't know who the hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, where can I find your podcast? <laughs> um, yeah. No. It. It. It's great, but it's. It, it's just like we said before it has an expiration date because everything has an expiration date. Yeah, and so you're gonna have to I'm gonna have to spin into What is post this yeah. and the more you're around in this business the more you know what's coming yeah. at the end of that job Yeah, and I mean I've it Early on in my career. I used to just start to dread ends of jobs yeah I don't really think about it now now it's like when it happens I'm like oh shit you know I yeah. there's that feeling again yeah but, but now you know like back then so I we're
0: both in that right now yeah
1: yeah yeah I mean and it's you know it's I I, I feel like it's uh it's not overwhelming it's mm-hmm. not like all-encompassing mm-hmm. and certainly neither of us have anything to complain about it's just that little voice in the back of your head that's like what are you going to do
0: now? What yeah. Are you going to do now? I think um, I, I'd love for us to get to like a solution, to some kind of semblance of solution. And I feel like, okay, so if this is called living the dream, right, that's the name that's, of the podcast. That's the name okay. of it. So that's what we're doing. So we just, that's had, what we're doing. We each had dream phases. <laughs> right. And so let's see if like the metaphor of sleep helps us in any way. So when you, <laughs> when you sleep, there's different phases of sleep, you dream. And then like, what happens between dreams? Like mm-hmm. when you sleep, is it just nothingness you're well i guess you're breathing you're breathing you're snoring you're getting detoxing being a person yeah uh oxygenating cells um so like maybe that's what we need to focus on yeah just
1: being people (laughs) yeah just being just being goddamn people
0: waking up to pee
1: (laughs) hopefully by the dog or child
0: (laughs) oh no no not waking up like to pee to go like existing on top of you at that moment no i see I see. see. (laughs) you're waking up to go pee i don't know what's happening
1: in this house (laughs) um well i feel like that is that's absolutely why i'm having this podcast and i really appreciate you being on it and listening to it and understanding what our conversations are trying to be
0: it's so fun it's so fun isn't it well yeah i mean yeah in terms of the community stuff like it's fun talking about this stuff like uh yeah it's just fun talking about it
1: well i appreciate your openness and your honesty and letting me into your beautiful house with your animals and uh uh i hope to talk to you soon have you talked to josh in a while uh yeah i saw him the other day do you know he was here for like 12 hours
0: oh was he yeah for izzy's
1: I wasn't supposed to, but he came in for twelve hours Aww. for Izzy's birthday, and I had stopped by the house, uh-huh. so I got to see him.
0: Awesome! I'm gonna see him next week because we're gonna head to London.
1: Oh yeah, you guys are like all over London.
0: Yeah, Alrighty. I've seen him a bunch. I've seen him more in London than I have anywhere else, and the, the stuff be. he's doing in London is incredible. I mean, did you see the Star Wars? Like how he got Dame Judi Dench now? Oh, yeah. To do this stuff. Oh yeah. And I asked him. I said, "How did you win Judi Dench over?" And he said, easy. <laughs> um, I said, hey, Judy, I'm writing a book about you. And she said, oh, yeah, what's the title? And he said, damn, or oh, fuck, Dame <laughs> Judy Dench, more like, damn Judy Dench. <laughs> and he said, after that, she was like putty in his hands. <laughs>
1: well, that's his I ruined day. the delivery because of shingles. We'll edit it out. <laughs> damn shingles. Um, thanks. Thanks, I appreciate for appreciate being it. on the podcast. Thank- Audition, side jobs, swimming upstream Believe it or not, you're living the dream